what are the signals of a the beginnings of a relationship? What does that look like in language, in, in actions and attributes? How do you determine if somebody is building a relationship or not building a relationship? And one of the first ones is the length of their responses. The longer responses, the more engaged they are in that relationship and the more they want to give. And then the other ones, I mean, there's, a, there's a list of these, but that's one of the fundamental ones. And I was seeing that within five minutes that the people and applicants were actually providing more and more context and more and more information and becoming more and more personal, starting from facts to, to feelings, to goals and aspirations. And this was happening within a space of five or 10, ten, ten minutes. Hey, LJ, how many talks at conferences have you given out on AI this year? Oh my goodness. Probably, actually, I actually have no idea. It's been so many. Oh God. And how many times have you uh, taught this AI uh, to supercharge your desk course already? Over two dozen times now. Two dozen? God, you were at eight the last time I asked you like a month ago. Good Lord. I know, I know. It has been exceedingly popular and it's gotten rave reviews. So we're super excited about what I think is going to be the leveling the playing field. The great equalizer is uh, generative. And, you know, I've been quoted as saying, AI won't replace you, but someone that knows how to use it will. And so you need to get on it if you haven't. That's right, guys. So check out the supercharger desk with AI that Lauren is teaching via Leap Consulting. And you can find her at Lauren at LeapConsultingSolutions.com. Lauren Jones. How the hell are you? And if you say one word, I am going to hang up this recording. <laughs> Don't you say it. I won't say it, but you had your real radio voice on today. Going to be a good podcast, Rob, man. It, it's YOE, the call sign for the radio station of Lauren and Rob. WNBC. That, that's what we're going for today. Anyway, well. Guys, Lauren and I have been plenty on plenty of calls today together. Um, I can't remember what you were feisty about earlier today, but I know it was something, which yeah, is making I me laugh. Fired, I get fired up a lot on Fridays. It's called Fired Up Fridays, right? By the yep. end of the week, you know my my ability to be the, as patient and 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 all and and really understanding. You know, the, the fuse gets short towards the end of the week. So by Friday, I get fired up. It's Fired Up Friday. I'm I'm going to go put something that I'm fired up about on LinkedIn, and we're going to start a trend on every Friday afternoon of, of people posting what they're fired up about. Yes. All right. But that is not why we're here today. We are not it. here. No, it's Tequila Friday. Here. It's Tequila Friday. We have our good friend, Rod or Roderick Smith. What's going on, brother? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, just, I, I mean, I love this. It's like Lauren, the Fired Up Friday. It's kind of like what they say by couples, you know, never go to bed angry. You're going to go into the weekend. You got to get fired up. Otherwise, oh, you're not going to turn up next week and work. That's, I think that's the Oh, thing. I like this. I'm really, now I'm a bigger fan. I, uh, yeah, now, by the way, Rod, Rod is the founder of Glide Talent. He's also the founder of a few other companies. And how many successful exits have you had in the industry four now? Right? We're four, I'm four exits. Uh, what would we say? Five startups, four exits, one 25 years and then eventually closed it. And uh, yeah, a couple of other successes in between. Sure, so Rod. now Rod, even though he's Irish, lives in Mexico on basically on vacation full time. Um, so, drinking less, but drinking less. He, drinking less somehow, which I don't believe because he is drinking Mexican uh, holy Mex water at the yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I was gonna join you, but I'm going to a st- or, or going to a, a like I'm driving somewhere. Actually, I can join you because my in-laws are driving me around today. So I might go get one in a second here. I think like, oh. Lauren has a really good tequila, by the way. She's you should. You yes. Should yeah, yeah. That's yes. getting shipped to her. <laughs> yes, it's being um, shipped to me. Yes. Yeah. I, you know what? Better look at the shipping because yes, he is he told them not to He's that. Totally gonna be drinking that. <laughs> I could come out. I get that could Yo. come through as an empty bottle. It's like oh, it's evaporating <laughs> in the way. Yeah. It's gonna come um, back and be filled with water. <laughs> So for context, um, last time we met up, I, I, I had the, the, the pleasure of uh, presenting Lauren with a nice bottle of tequila straight from Mexico, well, straight from the duty free in the airport in, in Cancun, but close enough. Um, so that's the, yeah, we're, we're just enjoying the fact that it still has not been finished yet, which is, is quite an right. achievement. That's right. I, by the way, I'm the big Mexican. I'm the big uh, tequila drinker, not not Lauren in this relationship. So, <laughs> no, wanna... noted, well, noted. Okay. No, yeah. we'll make that. We'll I'll, make that happen. We'll make that accept. I'll bring you some really good. Uh, well, I haven't been to Ireland or Scotland. You have to come visit. But for... I have some really good, like straight from some like small local uh, distilleries, scotch for you if you want. Ooh. But anyway, um. Well, we're here to talk about not any of the alcohol that we are drinking. Uh, we're here to talk about um, candidate experience and AI and how that's going to drive it. But first, got to get to know Rod, besides for the fact that he seems to understand how to build technology that people use and therefore other companies want to acquire. That's usually how that works. Uh, so, Rod, the first question of our Get to Know You segment is, do you have a book to read currently or a follow? I have two books that I have to read, and neither of them have got have I got past the cover uh, of them, to be honest. Um, so, Norik, I like you know I like to say I'm an avid reader, but it's usually of uh, some short comedic uh, Instagram post or meme. Oh yeah, that's uh, the last, reading. But, but last really impressive book I read outside of the ones that are usual, the kind of you know the Snowball, the Warren Buffett, and the Sam Walton, uh, that kind of thing. Probably the one book that made the biggest impact of my life was one called The Dog Walker. Okay. Uh, I picked it up on the way through an airport uh, back in I don't know, 2011, 2012. It was uh, what we'd call chiclet. So it was pure, you know, it really wasn't with, let's say the target audience wasn't your average man. Okay. So okay. pick up this. Uh, like this, this yeah. I mean, well, it wasn't even a nerd book. No, it was more. This was this is one of those. Um, fun kind of books that you normally just wouldn't expect to read, but the, the story centered around one character. Uh, what, what stuck with me, I mean, besides the fact that I had nothing else to read and I was just lying in the sun, which is not a great place to be for an Irish person with red hair and fair skin, um, not certainly for any prolonged periods. But the, the great thing that stuck with me, this, this, this was centered around this character, uh, this, this, this girl who had been successful in her corporate career and executive and book kind of got burnt, burnt out and took that needed to take some time off. She left her job and then she was trying to find herself because she really wasn't really loving her career and she just wasn't fulfilling. And um, she lazed around the house for months at the end and, and, and didn't really want to do anything. Um, then kind of got asked to mind some neighbor's dog and suddenly she starts walking with other dogs and then Pretty quickly, she ends up working with a temp agency. Now you see where I'm going. Pretty quickly, she starts working with a temp agency and starts picking up different types of gig work. And we're talking, this This is going back, this is 10 years, 15 years now at this stage. Or 
but picks up these different types of gig work. Um, long story short, gets reapproached by her previous employer, asks for her to come back, and she's like, you know what? I love my life. I get something to do, something different every day. I get variety. I got time, control of my time. I can decide who I work for, when I work, what I do, where I go, and, and, and I can make that work around my life, not make my life work around my work. And the reason why I share this one, because I mean, there have been other really much better books, to be honest, uh, from a learning perspective, but this is the one that, that gave me the, uh, confidence in what I was building in Tempody to follow through on the candidate experience, to say that who I was, was going to create something special for was the individual who wanted to change their life, to, to think about their life, to be, think of where work as a way to, to service their life, not as the other way around. Um, and it just came from the wildest, the craziest place as this book that I can promise you no other man would ever picked up off a bookshelf if you saw the I, cover. I'm, re I'm reading the, yeah, the, the covers. I'm, I have a link now. So we're going to start adding the link as people Ouch. tell us this, Lauren. Okay. So I, so I can post it in the show notes. Um, so let me, but so it is I, definitely an interesting cover. One other and factoid. Can I just add one last factoid on this one? Of course. Um, so the, this is the second time I've ever, ever mentioned this book to in public in any way. The previous time was when we were first going through the exercise in Tempody uh, about defining company values and culture. Um, oh, cool. And I had that moment and I decided, you know, that team around me that used to respect me prior to that moment, I shared with them the story of the dog worker book, that this was the reason why Tempody existed and put a picture of it on the screen. And I was, wasn't sure if I'd kill, if they'd still turn up to work the next day, but they did. Sorry, go on. Sorry. No. Well, okay, awesome. so this one is my obsession right now. I, I shared this with our leadership. Yeah, that, yeah. that book is gigantic. Wait, show the side view. Wow. Okay, it looks, bought, it looks like War and Peace, but but it's not. It's a really easy read. The, and, and the, you know, the font is not terribly small, but it's really good. You would really enjoy it, Rod. Here's one I've said. Still, this, this one is one I plan to read. The uh -huh. Michael Lewis, The Undoing Project. Yeah. Oh, God is yet to up. If I was to pick a favorite book of all time, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, Malcolm, that, yeah, anything Malcolm Gladwell. That's definitely, that's like the learning book. My favorite book of all time is Jimmy Buffett, Tales from Margaritaville. That sounds good. Or the other one. It's is a Hotel bunch of short stories. Rod, I think you'd really appreciate it, by the way. Did I you read I, Matthew McConaughey's? That was actually. No. I mean, it did was, he say, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. His, I mean, he, he is a cuckoo kachu. He is, um, he, he's a cuckoo kachu. I'm just wondering if I should I do the arm wings with it as well. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. No, he's, but he's so fascinating. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just really, it was, it was a really entertaining read, Matthew. The green light, I think is, is what it's called. I read it a, a, a while ago. It's a good one. It's a good one. I like, like it, love it. Okay. Okay. So we've got that book. What about uh, your most memorable moment in entrepreneurship or staffing? What's your, you know, what's your most memorable moment that comes to mind? Wow. I mean, I, I, I've, I've lived life, uh, literary experience to experience. My, 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 that's my, I have two mottos. It's like live the, live every experience you possibly can and everyone make everyone's anyone who I come in contact with. My goal is to make their lives a little bit better from knowing me. I love the, that. I, I share that one, but my other one is, uh, make sure I'm wearing pants most days. Hey, of course. <laughs> when you're on a podcast. 
Yeah. A video podcast. Oh, sorry, video podcast. Yeah, that's that's the act. Um, most memorable moment. Okay. Uh, wow. I've got to say, you know what? what ben? Was it was it hanging out with all of us in Dallas last week? Is that I, what you're? No, that's. Choose? I was just going to say that. No, actually, one of you. It is. Um, no, one of the other ones. First time we went to. So when we were temp buddy, um, and built it out, built this great brand which had a fuchsia pink, and I was magenta. So color feels like color psychology. I was, you know, making trying to take make sure he was getting hitting everything right. Bottom line, I was wearing this bright pink T-shirt. That's that's. And I had a my when I who was a very serendipitous hire at the time, Mark Doyle, great guy, uh, awesome salesman, and just all around wonderful guy. Also happened to have a birthday one day after mine, so naturally Leo is a rule for anyone does it, that does believe in star signs. Um, we were in did our first trip to us for st- in terms of staffing with tempody and uh actually this day or this week eight years ago was the first entry into the us uh industry and we went there just two of us uh rented a airbnb big huge house in phoenix arizona cool at the back you know shuffleboard in the in the in the lounge um crazy for two people i was at like a five six bedroom house on six thousand square feet or something that's we absolutely loved it but we and rented a Camaro, rocking around this big booth pack that actually we had to have rock have the, the the roof top down in order to fit the thing in the back of the Camaro. Um, very hilarious, very, very very fun looking. Trying to rock up to the the, the Biltmore in Arizona for the, the show, heaved the thing out of the booth. Anyway, long story short, or long story longer actually, as it sounds, the um, we eventually kind of we're floating around this bit the show, and of course people kind of started noticing these pink T-shirts. Um, they they got heard later, later, you know, people made comments. Oh, there must be like five or six, right? You know, seven of you guys here. So it's only two of us. It's just the shocking pink, and everyone sees it. But by the end of the night, then we we had at least five five or six other people wearing our pink T-shirts, including some SIA people. Shout out to those that know, um, and several others. So I had a great great time. But I mean. The um that welcome to the US and some great people I've met there at that moment. I still have good friends from the first person I met in the car in that car park as we were trying to lift that booth out of the back of the Camaro. Um, Robert Marcerino and people and, and um Marcelo Abandonado. Uh people like that are like just like gems of the industry. And I guess that's the the moment I always start was just arriving to meet some absolutely amazing people and then sharing kind of some crazy experiences with everyone in a pink t-shirt in a formal setting when in the surrounded by suits um was great fun that's probably the first one so i probably just because it's eight years ago this week eight years know. ago this week eight years ago this week yeah oh. i just well, i just i can i just got a, a message from mark there uh literally the yesterday um how do i sh- Oh, can I share a screen if I do that? Oh, I can probably share a screen. We're not, we're, this is not going to be a video podcast. Yeah, I won't give you a video. Just tell us what yeah, oh, this, this is just for you then, is it? It's a lot easier talking to humans' faces than it is then, uh, you know, not. Wonderful. Well, I, I, I just say the, um, let's see, first. So, so for your benefit, for nobody back home, um, This is a photo. Uh, we can Oops. share that. This is in a, is in a blue t-shirt. 
uh, I just happened to them because right, which I'd uh, look at that here on that guy. Is that you? This is me. That is me. Eight years ago today. I mean, still handsome. Just not quite very handsome. handsome. Very, handsome. very handsome fella. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Look at that red car. That's the, that's the drop top yeah. Camaro that was like that they they rented, which was completely impractical, but loads of fun. Absolutely. But that's what's fun about life is impractical things. Doing the impractical stuff. 100%. Okay. All right. 100%. Okay. All right. Next Move. one. All right. Sorry. All right. I'll keep the next word. I'll keep the next answer short. You you are a oh. wandering Irish storyteller right now. It's all good. What is your what is your greatest failure, Cindy? Oh, whoa. Greatest failure. I mean, I and, and you do it under ten sentences. I mean, I did get married twice. Um, failed okay. twice, so kind of I don't know which one is the bigger what about one. Work, uh, work, the short work one only lasted like a, a, a month in Vegas, kind of annulment. Blah, 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 and having to get divorced from marriage that never happened, or the second one that lasted 17 years and I should have got out early. Not sure. Um, you pick, but I, yeah, I'm going to say one of those. Uh, anything work related? Like, yeah, oh, quick, quick parable, maybe a quick parable. <laughs> that is your great failure. That's fine. I mean, um, work related. A... <laughs> yeah, the I mean, I have I, greatest work related failure. Oh, I'd have to say, um. It's always going to be bad. It's it's always like that, that person you should never have hired, isn't it? Or that's yeah, you should have fired first. That's you. Yeah, that's usually where it comes yep. down to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was the I took over a running a business. Um, wanted to. I realized that personally, in that it was a cousin, my cousin, and I let him. I didn't fire him before Christmas, and I let him stay an extra two months. I mean, messed up a project. I should have fired him before Christmas. Would have been better for everyone. That's fair. That happens. Happy right? Christmas. There you go. Bye bye. Pink step. All right. All right. And then we'll, we'll go straight to the most controversial question, Rod. Don't go there. Are you, don't are go you there. a dog or a person? I'm 100% dog. All the way. Megan can is still our only dog or cat person that we've let record the episode. I, 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 I include designer breeds in that as well. So just I'm, uh, so you know, I'm woke in the dog world. I'm woke in the dog. You have any? Can you wait? I want you to guess how many dogs Lauren owns. Three. That's you're under six. six. Know, these things, those are breeding like dogs or yeah, they're all different breeds. They're all rescues. Imagine, imagine what one, one of them she literally picked up from outside the grocery store one day. Yeah, and just took it home with her. Well, no, I paid. I, look, you want to keep in mind? I I I I paid for the dog. I know, um, I'm messing with you. Yeah, she was in a box. One was like literally in the trash. Like we just, she was our little our little trash dog. She's she's um, Bebot, which her real name is Gretchen, but she goes by Bebot or Tater Tot because she's fat, so she's shaped like a brown Tater Tot. Um, huh. so that's pretty discriminatory, Lauren, against Tater Tots. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> All right, make the home anyway. Tater Tots here. Yeah, Lauren has six dogs. I have one dog. She is a rescue as well. Um, but we're all, ask... so we're all rescues. So I actually inherited yeah. a dog from my partner, um, who end up has this great looking mix that's part fox looking, part corgi looking, part. Uh -huh. oh, I love has this, this great, you know, oh, red, so red so orange hair. So it just fits so right in. It's right in the family. There you go. <laughs> like any Irishman. All right, go, Rod. So 
Love that you were telling stories about Temp Buddy. Um, so Rod's really been focused, guys, on the the Canada experience for a long time, if you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. So we Lauren and I run into Rod at TechServe, and he's like, hey, we got this really you know, this really cool thing coming out. Obviously, AI is all the rage, uh, but let's use it to, um, you know, let's use it in a very, not just generative way, but a very practical way. It's kind of a combination of both, Rod, right? What you guys do now. Yeah. Um, and so how, maybe like just kind of like big, broad, 30,000 foot view, how do you foresee AI really impacting? We, we, we've been doing a lot of the recruiter experience with generative AI. So how do we see it impacting how you interact with candidates? Okay, awesome question, Rob. I'm actually leaving re- right open to to starting to my controversial. Uh, yeah, um, be controversial. Well, we love it. Controversial. We Where, love that. I mean, I'm I'm sitting in the audience there last year in staffing world, and Richard Walquist, Paul Frost. I'm sorry, Richard. Apologies if you do listen to this. Paul Christ, it's okay. Um, he knows. He knows what you mean. Yeah. He knows. On stage, I'm sorry. He, he says, um, you know, he's talked to a lot of people in the industry, and they all say, "Oh, people don't want to talk to machines." And I, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting in the audience, and I've, as you said, I've been watching conversations that people have been having with AI, and in the context of of Glide, and seeing how, with every interaction, every sentence, and every answer, and every question, every interaction they do, they're put their for contributing what they're writing, the transcripts, they're getting longer and longer. And it's showing me, because I did some of the research about what it is, how do you, what it is that, what are the signals of a, the beginnings of a relationship? What does that look like in language and in, in actions and attributes? How do you determine if somebody is building a relationship or not building a relationship? And one of the first ones is the length of their responses. The longer responses, the more engaged they are in that relationship and the more they want to give. And then the other ones, I mean, there's, a, there's a list of these, but that's one of the fundamental ones. And I was seeing that within five minutes that the people and applicants were actually providing more and more context and more and more information and becoming more and more personal, starting from facts to, to feelings to goals and aspirations. And this was happening within a space of five or 10, ten, ten minutes. So they were sharing more with the bot. Sharing more with the bot, but not just more. They'd gone from, because the follow-on, when you think about relationships and things of like that, and as I said, they start with like, oh, sharing more information is a sign. is a say, first signal, and I'm giving more. Second signal is feelings. How do I feel about something? Opinions. And, sorry, second is opinions, is feelings, and then is aspirations. So as you get into deeper in a relationship, while you, and as you bond more with the, the, the person you're talking to, you start to share opinions, then you start to share feelings, and then you start to share aspirations. So these, those are the consecutive things. And I was seeing these things happen within 10 minutes in a bot conversation. Yeah. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. And That's then I see Richard Ralph post on, on stage and saying that, oh, I, he's talking to lots of people in the industry, and they say that people don't want to talk to bots and machines. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, I see absolute opposite. I see that in within one year, we will see people, if they are given the choice between talking to a machine, an AI, or a human, they will click the, I want to talk to the AI button on a year's time. And I, so, so this is coming away from this. So that's, so I've got baseline data that says, hey, psych, on a psychology level, it, that's proving better. We move forward and we start looking at the data we see from Glide and we see, yeah, obviously AI and, and Glide does higher volume. So it does. Why is it handles 
infinitely more scale and volume, but it does, it actually, as in terms of percentages, it's, it screens and has conversations with twice as many candidates per hundred as a recruiter, human recruiters. From those, it gets twice as many actual screen suitable qualified candidates as a recruiter does. From those, the submission quality is one and a half times the level of a recruiter. So in terms of it, it's filters out to the, to, to the same level or a better level than a, that a normal recruiter would didn't kind of because they're under pressure. And there's many reasons why these are different because the AI has infinite scale and it's able to talk to more people. It's not under the same pressures. It doesn't have, you know, it doesn't get tired. It's not time constraints. There's lots of very valid reasons. And it's, just, it's time as we use efficiency. And then of course we get the NPS score coming back and it's nearly, I mean, it's not quite, but nearly twice what the NPS of the recruitment performance is for placed candidates out of 57. So you say, not only do I have, look, am I looking at this data that says people would prefer to, people are preferring to talk and they're creating a relationship with an AI. I then see the data that says after they've actually had the conversation, they are happier with that engagement than they would be for the, with the experience and service they had from a recruiter that placed them in, in a job. And when I look forward down the line in this, and actually this is part of where Glide's vision was. Glide is not about doing a transaction, being a co-pilot, being an assistant. Glide is about taking away and creating better value for and creating a stronger relationship between a job seeker and the, and the staffing agency and that to bring things forward. It's about building a relationship and building that over time. And that means that it means that relationship should build in bias. So when I look at an AI and people say, oh, we want to exclude bias. It's actually, no, I want the AI when it's having the conversation and servicing that user, that candidate, I want it to be biased in favor of that candidate's views and preferences. And I wanted to assume those biases when it says here, this is the job that you should go for. This is what you should apply for. This is where you should go because it's aligned to their biases, not the other way around. That's so there's my controversial thought out there. Be a good no, I, I love I, I, it's a conversation for sure, because I think we, you know, one of the, one of the primary things that people say is, you know, this is a human industry and, and, and I agree, this is, I, I think the one thing that bots lack is empathy and, and quite frankly, looking for a job, it, it sucks. You know, you are, and I've said it a million times, you're seeking out the acceptance of strangers with a piece of paper that was amended in 1482. And, um, you know, so we got to get past the resume. That's ridiculous, right? We have enough technology today to eliminate that stupid piece of paper. Um, are you, and, are you, and, 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 and. Sorry, Lauren, I'm just going to say, are, are you saying that, that, are you saying that Christopher Columbus basically said, I, I'm done with this applying for jobs that are using a resume. I'm out of here in 10 years. Yeah. Right. Definitely yeah, did no, that. Well, that's he that, that invented the resume, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yes, that's they what I'm saying. The same time. That, they lived at the same time. They, is what <laughs> Rod is saying, uh, yes, right, yeah, Christopher Columbus too. Say the same thing. Up, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's freaking old, and you, and and yet we still center our entire employment experience around it, and and people are so much more than that. People are so much more than words on a piece of paper, um, and and um, you know I don't think resumes are a good representation of what they can do. And so, you know, how do we have more meaningful conversations to ensure that we make the right match? If it's a comprehensive conversation with a bot and we can get the data to back up that those those conversations are more comprehensive, fine. But what, what I'm looking for is 
you know, the empathy that's required to understand the intimidation and fear that is experienced when looking for a job. Yeah, I think that is, well, Rod, I, I was, what I find fascinating is what I think you're saying is that people don't mind being more personal in like the depths of who they are and what they're looking for with the bot to start, which is, sure, which no, is it's fast. Sure. It's, it's more that the bot is actually allowing them. So you have a conversation with, for example, going over to the, and it's, this is all about relative comparisons and things like that. So in the event that the recruiter to managed to guess a conversation with the candidate, which is, of course means that they've, they, they have they, their own emotional state. They're frustrated. They're under pressure. There's, there's many things driving them, um, in, in, that are sitting behind them as they're actually picking the phone and making the call. Kind of. But one of those is that the recruiter is coming to this state in, in, with pressure and has to do, has a task to do and has a task to perform and has to get, get through it as quickly as possible because they've got the next one to move on to. And that, that one task is, oh, evaluate this candidate, see if they actually can fit the job, care suitable so that I can then decide to invest more time or not. What that means is that they have a very transactional conversation that's there. It's an interrogation. Imagine the majority. So can you do this, this, this? Can you, will you? Now I can move you forward. Now I actually can start looking at the other task you had on my desk and move on to the next one. But that does not permit the candidate or give the candidate a sense of safety and security and, 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 and focus that lets the candidate open up because they want to open up like anybody on so. So they're in so an almost like piece through the robot, through the bot. Yeah, this is the, the bot is giving them a chance. It says, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for telling me that. That's great. So when you, when you hear that response, the candidate is going to say, Hey, I'm going to share more. I'll tell you a little bit more. And whereas in the other reverse, it's the recruiters under so much pressure because they're doing a lot of tasks that are not getting value. So they're picking up the phone and trying to call somebody who doesn't answer. They're trying to find the next worker. They're actually, then of course, they got to log that call that they didn't make, didn't get connected to into the CRM and make a note why and how long what they did just so they can validate to their manager that they actually are, are, are doing what they're, they're, they're supposed to do. But unfortunately, they've got to do so much of that that it takes away from the time they spend talking to the candidates and giving the candidates the time to share who they are. So yeah. it is not actually their, like, the recruiter's fault, and so I'm not putting the finger at that, but I am saying that there is a broken part of the system that's asking them to do tasks that produce no value. And it is not giving them what AI is doing. Is AI is allowing those tasks to be removed and people allow, allowing candidates to self-select out because they're not interested, they find out more about the job, that it's been too long, that they're no longer considering it or that they're at work and this is they need to do it hour for hours. All of those scenarios that exist in the normal course of actions, the AI and Glides process means that they, those do not exist in this anymore. So you're removing wasted effort and wasted time. And yes, you're letting the bot do the part which says, oh, open up and have a conversation and share with me, just so that we can send all of that information to the recruiter who's now armed with understanding more about the persons who they are, their skills, their opinions, their feelings, and their aspirations now, because they wouldn't have got that otherwise. So when the recruiter now picks up the phone, not having wasted the time on making other phone calls that didn't connect and everything else, they now know the person a lot better, even though they haven't spoken to them. And now they can actually have a meaningful conversation because they've got more time to investment. And hopefully they can then prove why recruiters are better than bots at doing certain things and prove to that person that that's why they're actually, they're in this role, going to help them find their next job that's going to be fulfilling and they're going to 
spend and invest the time because they know that that person is, is um, invested in doing so as well and has the desire to do so and has the skills to, that allow she make them successful. That's I, do of- love, I do love the idea that from an enablement perspective, we can connect human to human faster with bot intervention, if you will, right? We can, uh, and, and, and it will allow us to have more meaningful conversations. You know, I, I think that, you know, well, and particularly with a tool like Glide, right? Gone are the days of offshore, nearshore resources being spent. Um, and you can spend more time on really great recruiters that can create really great relationships that can, you know, continue to enhance the experience. Because this is what I don't love about the whole sourcing mechanism that we've inserted is we've put yet another step in front of the candidate, right? So, you know, we go to the website, then we fill out the this, and then we go to the, and then we get to talk to a sourcer and the sourcer goes to the screens and then we have to wait for an appointment. We do all the, we do all of that. Um, you know, think about this is what, this is why we're sort of brokers for technology, right? If you're an agency owner and you want to see a piece of technology, you go to the website, you talk to the bot, you make an appointment with the sales administrator that, pre-screens you to get you in front of an actual salesperson to look at the technology. It's just too many well, things in the middle. Relationships, relationships are the same thing with buying right? software. I, I, wanted, like, I don't want the SDR first. Yeah, that's pathetic. I, I, don't, I don't want the sales administrator. I want to talk to the SDR. I want to talk to the actual salesperson I'll be dealing with. And the recruiter, or excuse me, the candidate wants to talk to the recruiter that they're going to be dealing with. And so with something like this, A, we can speed up the process, which is wonderful yeah. because the new metric we need to be looking at is from view to check. Not view to, not view to apply. Not, uh-huh. It's view yeah. to check. So How stop, do we... stop pushing the problem down the funnel to somebody else's department exactly. and start exactly. a point. The journey instead, so it's let's see. yeah, because it's always it's always being oh, it's the salesperson is not getting the give the okay. Let's give the recruiters and sources to do the the sourcing part, and it's like oh, but now they're not getting enough people through just for the keep the client happy. Oh, let's let's put the fault in the onboarding team now. So it's like yeah. you just keep you just keep moving the the the, the yeah. problem down the funnel. Yeah, that's, that's that's hot potato. That's not the salt. I mean, that's the thing. Relationships only exists through communication and conversation. If you keep putting walls between a candidate and your organization and your people, you're just going to reduce the number of relationships you can possibly have. And in a business that is entirely based upon relationships, all you're doing is you're cons- consolidating your security of failure. Oh, uh, oh we got to put that's a t-shirt. Yeah, that one again? <laughs> consolidating your security of failure. Consolidating your security of failure. Oh. I like prefer security. Consolidating is too big of a word for a t-shirt, Lauren Jones. I prefer security to... to, to, I I um, like the consolidating your security of failure. I like that. Security is more... It's my surety. Sorry, surety is probably the word I meant to use. Surety. Surety Surety of failure. Consolidating your surety. Yes, that's... That could be a t-shirt if... If consolidating wasn't such a... Big ass word. This is a big ass word, dude. <laughs> Giant ass. So, anyway. Consolidating. All right. We're going to put that on a coffee. I mean, cup we're having fun here, guys. I love, I love this. This is good. Yeah. Anyway. So what, so what we, you know, what we need to do, Lauren, is get Rod on stage with someone who thinks that it should only be humans 
and like let them battle it out like old like forensics debate style like yeah uh, yeah like and like clowns they're like no, they, no 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 like, like no, they each get slapped robust oh you want to play rock and sockums oh we could do that too yeah. anyway that's a different oh no game. but like, like, they can't use, can use a robust they can't use a robust my robot against yeah. a human depends no, on just, what you're doing yes no i'm here no i'm here for that wrestlemania for sure i i, I would pay money to see it and so no, I think really i'm going to good suggest debate. it to richard yeah <laughs> why not i think it's all about quality of conversation and, and diversity least, of ideas at least the bot would get his name is his surname right and it's yeah <laughs> yeah when you propose this, make yeah. sure you get the last name right. Otherwise, I love you're out. <laughs> All right, Rod, this was uh, this was I can't. Fantastic. Yeah, well, this was awesome. This was awesome, um, Rod. So a fascinating look at the other side of this. I think, um, you know, I we we talk about AI being enablement, um, and 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 you're you know you're on the extreme side of that, which I think is really cool. Um, and, and so it's provocative for sure. Uh, and I think it'll give our listeners some food for thought on here's the, the one thing that I um, am very mindful of is that people are scared of it or people are, you know, walk into it with um, a lot of skepticism. Uh, and this is, you know, I mean, that's part of why we built our courses, educate people instead of being afraid of it, educate people instead of putting up these walls saying there's no AI allowed here. Um, and uh yeah ed educate people and with that don't you be can scared be educated but we we think of ourselves we are one hard I mean, we have this we've had this debate we're kind of the first the we're not using ai to re create resistance or do something that's no we're talking about using ai to service the candidate and only the candidate and in servicing the candidate and only the candidate we have to remove the tasks and effort that are add no value to the process. And that's, that's but that's great. that's in service in the category. We to service to give them the most, which means connecting where they want to be connected to, how they want it to be connected to, when they wanted it, to understand them, give them the chance that, to showcase themselves. When they send a resume that's this that they, they don't have the time to write 15 different resumes because they're applying to 15 different jobs. No. Uh, you gotta put the effort in to find out why, why they suit they should they apply to that job. Why they suit that job. Let them showcase themselves to the best of their ability against every job, but give them that opportunity. Don't scan past them in six seconds in an inbox and say, oh, I didn't see a keyword, so this person can't do the job. Yeah. You're so let doing your job. If That's I mean, it's good discovery, Rod, right? Like, hey, I sent you an email. You booked a call. Why did you, what, what in that email or what thought are you having that was solved by that email that made you book this call? Hey, candidate, you, we saw you applied for a job. Tell us more about why you applied for that job, which it may or may not seemingly have anything to do with what you did in the past. Well, this is the thing. I mean, this is you know, just to give you its part one. The first step that happens when a candidate applies via Glide is they get a response back that's been, after we've analyzed their, the, the, the resume and everything else, they get a response back saying, hey, you, according to what we can see in your application, your resume, the reason you applied for this job is that you've got experience in um, and well, being a wellhead technician in Canada, doing this and having this experience. And that's actually really important to this job that we're, we're hiring for. So come and have a conversation. And the other candidate who's, who's a SEO developer, and I'm talking real world example here, SEO developer uh, applies for the same role and says, hey, that's great. I see. I can see why you applied for the job is because you're over 21 years old and you live in Canada. So you have a, you now, have a pulse. Okay. 
both both are getting a response saying, okay, I'm I'm at a stretch here to say, I can see why you think you could do this job because you're 21, you got a pulse. But actually, like, you know, in reality, if you, if you ask a few more questions and share a bit more, but we're not saying you can't because even that person yeah. person is 21 and their resume says SEO, they may have grown up on a, on a farm or in, a, in an environment where they literally did this day in, day out from the day, day, age of 12 until they were 18 and actually went off to, to college. And they did this job, but just never had it on a resume because they weren't allowed to work. Maybe they know it instantly about but we... Maybe. Warmly, they never get the chance to say it, and we just give them the chance. Yeah, that's the I difference. Love I love it. So by the way, the yes. SEO developer did not have any experience or any relevance. But... <laughs> <laughs> it was just Come a thought. Right. ever the optimist. Could always be. Could no, I mean, at least give him a chance to explain yeah. himself. And he was like, "Oh, I'm going to go burn my hand off. I'm, I'm not a welder." <laughs> there All you right. go. Rod, we appreciate it. This was awesome. Um, thanks for jumping on. How are we doing on that this glass of awesome. tequila? Um, I mean, yeah, you, I, unfortunately, uh, we need a refill. Perfect time to end, Lauren. Hopefully, you'll get your tequila Lauren. soon. I'm gonna go have a glass. It is four o'clock on a Friday, and I need to go do some busy work. Guys, this All is right. fantastic. Right, on behalf of Get Rob it. and Lauren, and Rod, <laughs> and Rod. Thanks, yeah. Rod. Thank you for listening to the You Own the Experience podcast. You can catch all our previous episodes at whyweepodcast.com and learn more about our thriving staffing community by signing up for the Wiley newsletter. And coming soon is Staffing Huddle, an online open community dedicated to your staffing success. I'm Rob. And I'm Lauren. Go do something something good. good.